Wardcast episode 119. Go. I'm Dylan Alvento, and I'm joined by Becca Saltzman, CEO. I am CEO of Finji. Yep. How you doing? I run that shit. You fucking <laughs> FNA, you do. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm in San Antonio, actually. So, yeah, down here for Pac South. M- Military City, USA, as the airport kept telling me. That really? Yeah. Oh, I always fly into Austin and then drive down. So I'm like, I've never actually been in the San Antonio airport. They have like weird like recordings that just play over the PA system. So it's like um, the mayor of San Antonio comes on and goes, Bienvenidos. And hello, I'm the mayor of San Antonio, Military City, USA. And then goes on this big spiel. And also it's like the 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 city's bicentennial this year. Oh. I should probably read anything ever. <laughs> I l- you learn a lot from just like what's going on in the airport and what the Uber drivers say or True. the Lyft drivers. True. See, like I flew into Austin. I went from the Austin airport to the U-Haul and rented my U-Haul. Most people, you know, rent a normal car. I rent a van. <laughs> it was real classy. My Uber driver was like, you're going where? Or my taxi. Cause in, yeah, in Austin, it's like a cab. It's like, I'm like, I just need you to take me to a U-Haul. And he's like, that's a strange request. And I like walked in with like suitcase and backpack and like all my gear. And like the the people are just staring at me like, what the hell are you doing here? It's like, I'm here to get shit done. Yeah. Like I got to pick up like televisions and furniture at a friend's house and uh, a test kit from somebody else. And I got stuff to do. That sounds hellish. It, it was actually awful. I've got to come up with a new solution for this. I, cause you know, me, you know, you, y- Finji indie up here, top tier. My uh, my stuff and the friends that the shows we go to, low tier down here. So it's like packing my car with one TV uh, and my laptop and a controller that might not work. Who knows? See, Let's go. See, okay. So there's like there's grown up indie and then there's like there's me. So grown up <laughs> indie, they actually like ship like right, ship, like a crate. Yeah, in a fucking crate that they like put grown up things in, and I do Amazon prime to my friends' houses. God bless their souls for like collecting this trash, um, for me, which this last time Amazon sent like Amazon shipped things improperly. Okay. We'll just put it that way. Right. Very large boxes that took up a friend's entire garage and I felt terrible. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I guess we're not, if, as soon as I get it set up in a city, it's not so bad. Like I actually have a, a storage unit now just in Seattle for like PAX West gear. Oh, that's cool. So then that's I don't smart. have to like ship very much stuff, but it's still like, I really should just be shipping around crates like a grown up. but that's so expensive. Yeah, it's, I, it sounds expensive. Of all the things I could be doing with that money, like shipping things is not at the top of the list. Right. Yeah. Um. But so you, you guys, you and Adam lived in Austin for a while. We did, yeah, which is why it's pretty easy to like so you have beg like, off on friends. Right. You have a pretty good friend friend group down there. How long were you, did you live there? We were there for almost 13 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We moved right after we graduated from college and then left like 18 months ago. Right. So now you're in Grand Rapids. Yes. Right. Okay. Yep. I was just thinking about the logistics of that. And I remember mentioning you, I'm going to be referencing your Twitter account a lot because That's like, okay. cause it, it, it educates me so much on so many different topics. Just crazy chaos all the time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but so... 
Yeah, like I, I know the cost of living in Austin is ridiculous. It got really high. It wasn't like when we moved there in 2004, because we got there January 2004. Um, it was like super cheap because we, we were coming out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And like that's where the University of Michigan is. And yeah. super, super, super expensive. Um, so like six like $650 a month, like in rent in Ann Arbor doesn't get you anything. Like mm-hmm. I don't even think you can get a studio for that. In most of it, like unless you go way far outskirts, like everyone moves to Ipsy, which is like um, the next town over. There's no um, fields that split those two cities. You just sort of like cross a block and you're in Ipsy, but it's way cheaper to live in Ipsy. Um, So a big commuter town? Yeah, for the most part. Um, But yeah, we were looking like living in Ann Arbor because you're when you're when you go to school there you want to live on campus or near campus and the campus is sort of in the town so like it's like campus and houses and more campus and houses and um it's a really weird thing like the whole downtown of ann arbor is just university of michigan okay um it's very very strange college campus um well i you know i live in richmond and most of richmond is just virginia commonwealth university like but is it like blocked off like the quad area is just like oh we don't have a quad <laughs> oh okay so like, like michigan has a quad but it's like seriously like four buildings oh uh, okay and then there's like actual streets but the streets have like restaurants and stuff on them mm. like there's no it's it's a very small main campus right. because the main campus is intermixed with like restaurants yeah i see and what you're saying living but like real houses not just not dorms but like some right. normal human lives there some row houses and stuff i don't know why anyone lives there if I if if I had to if pick, you're a professor, if I I would not even live on that campus if I was a professor. Fair like, enough. like just move out to the outskirts a bit because your Richmond setup weird because like you have VCU and VCU is pretty well con- contained but still pretty much a part of the city and like the main campus is called Monroe Park because it's centered around Monroe Park. Oh, nice. And so there's a park and then all of these all of these school buildings that look really nice and then like to the east of that is the art district and then downtown and the art district looks kind of crappy because it's not it's not like been built up much and then west of that is uptown then a specific part of town called Carytown, which is like the shopping district which is where i live and then there's like near west end the fan far west end that's like where all the rich people live um or, or parts of the fan so like there's a big so monument avenue richmond virginia former capital of the confederacy mm-hmm. we have a lot of monuments dedicated to uh confederate generals mm-hmm. uh but all that entire street is just it's it's a cobblestone street and it's like multi-million dollar houses yeah well the crazy thing like so we graduated and like i was paying 650 just for like my tiny closet in a house uh-huh. in ann arbor and we could get like a two-bedroom apartment in austin like on the green belt just in south austin for like 650 which that same apartment now goes for like 3700 a month or something insane. Like there's a reason we left Austin. It was like completely unsustainable. Like and we were in like a house and we had like a like a normal grown-up mortgage on it, like 20% down on everything, but our the property taxes were just going up and like um I was paying more in property taxes than I was on my mortgage. Wow. Which is crazy. I was like at $1000 in property taxes a month and I was like this this is just going to keep going up. I'm like, if I, if I pay off this house, like if I'm that lucky that I can pay off a house, like I'm paying more in like an apartment rent and property taxes. And like, I don't want to live like that. Like I would rather spend that money and go take my kids on an adventure someplace. Um, 
So yeah, and we were also like, you know, we travel a lot because of video games. We were having to like fly in my in-laws or my mom to like watch my kids. My oh, wow. Yeah. And that's just like a kind of trashy thing to do. And then, and then they were getting older and in the summer it's so hot, you can't just let them play outside. Because they'll melt? Yeah. It's, it's not very fun to play outside in the summer in Texas. Um, so yeah, it was just, we were sort of adding everything up. And then we realized like all the advice we give other people about being sustainable and being smart with this. And we're just like, man, we're not following our own advice. Like, yes, we do have to move out of the city that we love. And it still sucks. Like I flew, I flew into Austin um, to come down here to San Antonio for Pack South, And like, it still like hurts my heart. I like get, I'm like taxing and I can like see the airport and I'm just like, <gasps> I'm getting emotional again. And then I have to like go through, I, when I talk to Adam about it, I'm like, I'm like, it's like I'm reliving a breakup every time I come to Austin. Right. Like I'm so emotional when I get here and I like, I like drive around and I'm like, I can miss my city so much. And then like about 12 hours into it, I'm like, fuck this city. <laughs> God damn it. It got so expensive. It made me so stressed out trying to live here. I paid $20 for a crappy sandwich. Well, it's more, I sit in the damn traffic and I'm like, fuck this traffic. Like you just get stuck in it forever. And then you're like, you know what? No, like I love visiting Austin right. and, and I save so much money. I can visit it a lot um, because I bought like a really, really beautiful house up in Michigan where like we have our studio in our house. So it's way bigger than we need it, but it's because we work in our house. Right. Um, it has like a basement. You have basements in Austin when the kids play down there and it's got, you know, we're on like just like a third of an acre, but it's way back um, buried in like this neighborhood. So we're in like a cul-de-sac mm -hmm. and like most or when we moved in, most of the residents were actually like in our cul-de-sac were the original residents that built their houses. So it's like my kids have like all these extra grandparents and they just like run around like being little shitheads in the cul-de-sac <laughs> all day long. Go bother the neighbors. Basically, like we've they've yeah, they've fallen asleep in their yards, like made um pine sap paste that was a fun one trying to get that off of my child like and they, they they're just out there in their underwear because my kids don't wear clothes all summer long um just running around through like my neighbor's sprinkler systems and they're like it's fine that's what kids do and i'm like in austin like on next door that stupid website that like neighborhoods have in the states like people like were complaining about like 12 year olds riding their bikes without supervision and i'm like who are you people? Neo-Nazi neighborhood watch. Well, it's like Austin's like liberal. Right. Like super chill place, except when you like there's some marginally like uh, possibly maybe misbehaving children, but they weren't. They were just like riding their bikes in the neighborhood. It's like, let them be. Like, just let them be. So it's really nice to be in a spot where like all of my neighbors are like, just let them be. Like my kids are loud and annoying. They're out there half the time undressed in their sprinkler systems, digging holes sometimes in their yard. And like, it's fine. They just come out and talk to them. And I was like, thank you. This is like normal, normal people, which has been like super relaxing. Actually, we refer to Grand Rapids as boring, but that's, I don't mean, we don't mean that in a bad way. We mean it in like, it's kind of nice. It's kind of boring. And that's really lovely because we don't have like the same sort of anxiety and stress right so yeah that's cool it's been a cool transition yeah uh how about that weather though uh so interesting thing about that that was what i was actually most nervous about i mean i grew up in michigan so i like i know how cold it gets but when you're a kid you have no control over how you interact with the weather 
You don't get to pick out your own snow pants. You don't get to pick out your own boots. You don't get to hire a plow service to clear your driveway. Um, you don't get to park your car in the garage. Maybe your parents do, but you sure as hell don't get to. Mm-hmm. Like you, like the difference between being an adult in the winter, you don't get to pick where your house is. Maybe you have to grow up in the country. Right. Uh, which I did, and that's not a bad thing, but like in Michigan when it snows, it fucking sucks. Um, but yeah, like we we just sort of controlled for all of that. Like I actually, I dropped my kids off in the winter in full snow gear because I have to like walk between their two schools um, and like, because I refuse to be that parent that like drives and sits in the like school drop off right. line. Yeah, I yeah, get, yeah, yeah. I am not patient enough for that trash. Um, so I just like, <laughs> I just park on the street and I drop them off way the hell faster. But yeah, I just wear like boots and snow pants. I have a scarf. If it's windy, I just like cover my face with my scarf and mm. I go grocery shopping my snow pants. I don't care. <laughs> so I'm from the main Atlantic. What are snow pants? Oh. Are they just very thick? No, it's like what you play in the snow in. They're like waterproof pants. They okay. like have. Okay. That's why I thought. Yeah. It's like a winter coat before your legs. Right. 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 That's why I figured. Yeah. You you mentioned once that you're like you're dressing your kids up in their snow pants and I was just like snow pants snow pants I think I know what that is yeah it's like a waterproof winter coat for your legs yeah but I went through this thing in my head where it's like oh right even if there's like three feet of snow on the ground they still have school in Michigan if there's yeah. two inches of snow on the ground in Virginia oh yeah and it's super dangerous everything shuts down well, you don't have anything to clear it like, no we start like when we're gonna about to get a snowstorm the salt trucks are out dropping salt on the roads in advance of the storm. Right. And the salt trucks are also plow trucks. So as soon as it starts snowing, they just drop the plow mm-hmm. and they're dropping salt behind the plow. So like they're constantly, and we have like, I mean, there's like a fleet in Grand Rapids because we get lake effect. Not right, like right, right. not like Buffalo lake effect, not like make the news lake effect. And we're on like the far Eastern edge of sort of Lake Michigan lake effect. But like, you know, that's still like, I will get like six to eight inches at a time. Like we actually had about, I don't know, 12 or 14 inches of just like base layer snow up until like two days ago mm-hmm. because it got so darn cold. Right. Um, we're, it got cold everywhere else, but um, it Bomb didn't melt. cyclone. I know. We didn't get that. We right. were, at Christmas day, it dropped to like, we were in the negative temps um, all through. It was awful. We were just stuck inside with the kids because you can't let kids play outside in when it's that yeah. cold. Yeah. So we're stuck inside for all of Christmas break. Which as a parent, you're just like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. What can we possibly do with these children? Because you can't take them anywhere because that's full of other kids. Like you can't like, I'm going to go to the children's museum. It's like, no, you really don't want to do that to yourself. The entire child population exactly, of a of town is going to be there. Is the, and you're like, oh, I'm going to take them to the bounce. No, I'm not taking them to the bounce house. What about this? Nope. Nope. Not going there either. Like, how about swim? Nope. You can't do that. Gymnastics. Nope totally Man. full and you're like you run through everything you're like i'm stuck i am trapped in this house it's like where can we put them what can we do and the answer is like nothing you just adam actually one morning i was like <laughs> i was like i'm gonna die we have like three more days of this christmas break i'm like i just i can't make it and adam's like they are not gonna beat me <laughs> I'm going, God damn it, I am stronger than them. I'm going to win at Christmas break. And I'm like, that might be the best thing you've ever said out loud. I like that. I can appreciate that. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Southern states, they don't have the infrastructure to handle that. No. Like we have plow trucks. They might be like retrofitted. No, you drop sand. Else. We also drop sand sometimes. We do drop salt. In, Which in, is in useful. Richmond. It's totally got um, like a salt 
in it. Like in Austin, they drop salt just on the bridges. I've right. seen salt. I've seen sand trucks in an accident before in Austin, which I think is very funny. Um, one time when it got icy, they like slid into each other on like one of the, cause all of Austin has like the raised bridges uh-huh. and they just like, they were stuck and they blocked off a whole highway. I was like, Jesus. good job guys. Good job. Yeah. My parents, I'm, I'm from the beach and my parents Aww. got more than what we got in central Virginia. They got like eight inches and just Virginia beach with eight inches. Like, oh gosh, no. That city is dead. Yeah. I mean, even in Michigan, eight inches. I mean, if we got eight inches overnight, like if it snowed eight inches tonight, the boys wouldn't have school tomorrow. Oh, okay. Like there's, I mean, cause they can't get it cleared in time. Okay. That's a yeah, lot that of snow. Um, but a few inches. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So video games. <laughs> I know. Okay. So we've talked about all the places we've lived. Uh, yeah. Um, so you're here with the Finji booth. I am. And our booth is really hilariously big. Is it? Well, it's packed south. I mean, I feel like like well, that's where you kind of like I get ended, to spread out a little bit, right? Well, okay. So I was going to do a 10 by 20, okay, which is kind of like a, that's my grown up size. I can't imagine doing anything bigger than that. But like um, the, so it's. We're in a 10 by 20 and then Rami with Lambier is in a 10 by 20. But the other section of like our island is a 10 by 20 behind us. Okay. And the person who's supposed to be there um, backed out and couldn't come. But it was kind of after the the book got published. So oh, right, right, right. Pax basically called me and was like, can you guys just rent that space? And I talked to Rami um, because it's part of like the playground stuff. So right, like, they yeah. had said it. So the, that's what I was going to ask if this yeah, is another, if, if it was, playground it was gonna is be back like, yeah, It was going to be like a playground thing for it, but like kind of our merch section, but like they weren't coming because like of the timing of the show and everything is so early this year. It like, right. Yeah. It's, it, this show's like a really weird time this year, but it was late and it had been published and Pax was like, can you just, can you just take care of this? And I was like, I talked to Rami. I was like, okay, let's, let's just do this. Like, We'll have this extra ten by twenty space, and we'll figure it out. Did they? Did you have to eat that cost? I did. Okay, it's fine. It's it's not a bad thing to be owed a favor. Oh sure, especially so, from a, a corporation yeah. as big as Pax. And it's it's a very small thing to do because I was like, well, okay, I, I come with a ton of games anyways, and I pack them into this little space. I'm like, well, I'll just have a little bit more breathing room, whatever. Right. And like Rami and I share like a little store space anyway, so at least a ten by ten of that needs to be like a little store. Um. But as I was like setting it up today, I was trying to figure out the electricity and like how to get my computers set up to like only take up like just do like a big long 10 by 30. But it just didn't work out very well because mm-hmm. I would have had to, I would have had to spend a ton of money for union to like move my electricity around. And I was like, man, it's going to cost like five hundred dollars at least for them to like thread the, the elect. I'm like, I am for the power. Not going to so, do that. So you do. So at PAX, you do pay power separate, right? From yeah. 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 Okay. But I always put it like in line. Okay. I don't do like this, the fancy thing with the schematic or anything. I just like put it in the back of the booth and I run extension right. cords. It's yeah, really yep, easy. Yep, yep. So it was on the back of the booth, how it was set up, but I wanted to switch it. And so I was like, well, crap, that doesn't work. So I, I have this like really big, long L shape booth. So I've like, it goes 10 by 30 and then it cr- turns a corner I'm into so an L. I'm so excited to look at it tomorrow. It looks really nice. I was super surprised, but yeah, so I have like tunic in 10 feet of space and then I have overland in 10 feet of space. And then like the corner, I'm just setting that up as like the Vlambeer Finji merch section. Mm-hmm. And then I've got night in the woods off on the other L because that's where the power was. 
Okay. So I couldn't, like I had to put Night in the Woods behind Vlam Beer's booth because that's where my power drop was. And I couldn't, because of like all the rules they have with like the gaffer tape and whatever, like on exposed extension cords and tripping hazards right, and everything, right, right. I couldn't put the electricity out where I needed it. So I had to like put it along. So yeah, we're just, it looks really pretty. And I have like a new big like uh, tunic banner and everything, like the, the nine footer. But yeah, it's a ridiculous size booth. It's, but it's a whole bunch of seated areas. And I've got like a couple of like taller tables for the merch section. I like so. that. Yeah. Like I, like that aspect, like, like the logistics of a larger booth, like fascinate me. Like I just, I, that's something I would just, I think I would love wrapping my head around. Cause I love doing the logistics for like PAX panels, right? Mm-hmm. Like I get really into it, make sure all the, all the scheduling is done correctly. Everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone's just like, we're meeting here at this time to prep for the panel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like logistical stuff like that. I like doing it on a budget. Like I love, oh, okay. I actually love planning the booth. Like how good can I make this look? For as little amount of money as possible. Like, what can I get on Amazon Prime? Mm-hmm. Like, for 20 bucks. And, like, my... Bunch of PVC pipe? No. Well, We're the funny gonna... thing is, I don't do any of, like, the big stuff. Like, I don't do any of, like, the big build-outs or anything. I just... I have these, like, super classy banners that, like, we reuse all over the place. And I just... I ship the banners around. Uh-huh. Um, and we spent a bunch of money on those. Because they're, like... I mean, they run, like, seven or $800 or something. But, but I they use, last. I use... Yeah, the Night in the Woods one. That's the one I printed in 2014 or something for psx wow i still use that damn banner that's pretty good um yeah and that one was way more expensive because it was like a 10 footer um but yeah the overland one this is like the second place the overlands one has been to like tunic this is the first one and it's we're just going to use that same banner forever um but then like my seats are actually ottomans that's are my storage in the booth because they all open up but they they seat up to 360 pounds as well. So I found like, but they're like $40. So I can buy like seven of them. Well, I have seven of them for this. Usually I only have to actually buy three of them. But then like my TVs are on like little cube shelves and I can get them for about $19 on Amazon Prime. You just have to build them. They just come flat pack. Right, right. Um. So yeah, it's just, it's all this like crap furniture that I find. Although those Ottomans are awesome. Um, that I find on Amazon Prime and then I flat pack ship it to where I'm going. And I, like my whole booth, the furniture, I, I spent $463 on all of the furniture in this like, I mean, I have like the equivalent of like a 10 by 40 booth. Right. Um, Not bad. And then I leave TVs in various cities around the country. Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the expensive part. to me. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I'm, even renting them, right? Even oh renting a TV is expensive. So much more expensive than just buying the darn things. But I'm like, everyone's like, we well, should just buy them and take them back. And I'm like, I can't do that. That's so, yeah. I so, cannot do it. So I demoed at, at MAGFest, not not last weekend, but last oh, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, week before uh, we go to MAGFest, my like 38 inch TV bus, which is the TV I was going to use. Mm-hmm. It's just like something like the, something on the motherboard fried. And I was like, fuck. So we ended up using like my co-founders, like 22 inch, like desktop, Itty monitor, bitty. Yeah. which is like, you know, it's, it's kind of sad looking, but it was our first con ever. And I was just, you know, I, I, I was like, whatever, fine. Concessions need to be made. But my friend moment, he was like, just do the Costco refund. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm a grown up. Yeah. And what, you know, I, if someone calls me out on that, oh my god, I I would not be able to handle that. Like, okay, so I 
I actually dealt a little bit with this at PAX West. So I ordered my TVs and the ones that were in my cart had like a single base on them. Right. But the ones that came that that I actually ended up buying, like as soon as as soon as you put them in the cart, it switched to a different style. And I didn't notice. I was so mad. I actually oh, complained to like wow. Best Buy corporate about oh, it because I was super pissed because I don't have that much time at these things. But I didn't notice this until I got to PAX. We got the TVs. We pulled the damn TVs out. We and we put them on our built shelves and the damn TVs were too long for the shelves because they were like, like 32 inches and they're far on the outside. Right. Right. And now I have to drive back to a Best Buy <laughs> and return these TVs. All of these TVs? Seven televisions. Oh my God. I have seven televisions. I have to like pack back in this SUV and drive them back. And like, and those don't always fit perfectly but, back into the styrofoam. Yeah. Just like, and I had to take them back to a Best Buy that I didn't pick them up from. Because I needed to go to the Best Buy that had the single base ones in stock like that had at least seven of them because I had to go online and search. I was right, calling everybody right. and they were positive, positive. I was going to bring every single one of those seven TVs back at the end of that con that you could tell her, what are you here for? We have a restocking fee. And I'm like, I'm not bringing these TVs back. I'm like, give me the single bases. They're going in a storage unit. I am buying these forever. But you could tell they were just like, and there are other people there buying like big TVs. And I was just like, man, I just, I just can't. I understand why people do it, but I just, I really, really can't. I mean, if it really came down to, I mean, I mean, you were down to a wire and you still didn't do it. Maybe if I was down to the same wire, maybe I would break and do it, but I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Well, it was really funny. So this... <laughs> This actually still bothers me, but Adam thinks it's one of the funniest stories of like being in college. They, um, so we had a GameCube um, and they played it so much that they actually burned the optical drive. Oh shit. Which is impressive. Yeah. So like mine's still trucking. Yeah. So they went out, him and his roommates went out and bought a new one and they uninstalled the drive, put it in their you know, old one, put the broken one in the new one. But what they did at the same time, because this is what you do when you're 20, is they also put a little Lego guy in it. So it rattled. Like, oh, this one's broken. It's rattling. Uh... So what they do with those stupid machines is they send them back to Japan. And there's now someone who refurbed a GameCube and found a little Lego guy in it. (laughs) And to this day, Adam's like, I just I think about that human every <laughs> once in a while. Like that person exists in in Japan or wherever they like messed with this. Like there's a human who pulled a Lego guy out of a GameCube. That's funny. But my the set the other side of this was I was so horrified that they did this. Cause I'm like, that is so dishonest. Right. I can't I am not dishonest. I am by the book forever so above board on all of this sort of stuff like any of this weird gray area stuff i'm just like mm. mm-hmm. adam stole like a pair of shorts once <gasps> like and he and batteries or something i mean it was so dumb and he was like 18 and i was just like you will never ever do that again <laughs> if you expect me to be with you you will never ever steal from a store ever again Damn. and he was like okay we had the same discussion when he did like a shot at like a graduation open house when he was 18. I'm like, you will never, ever drink when I'm around. I was Mormon. So I was just like, I was very upset about that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I it, For me, it's even things like, like so last year at MAGFest, like, so the, they're very stringent on like, um, 
traffic flow. So it's like, this is an exit only. This is an entrance only for to the exhibit hall. But my buddy Sam, he's just like, watch this. And he go up and he's like, uh, developer, exhibitor. And they're like, oh, okay. And they let him go through the exit only. I'm like, what does that get you, Sam? That's like five Proving seconds a point. that you yeah. sliced off. Like, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, what? no, I'm just going to use the designated entrance. It's proving a point, I guess. I don't know. I think actually I'd probably do something like that, but like not super important rules. I'm just like, ah, but when it comes to like, like weird, I mean, it's just a thing like, like representations of honesty or yeah, stuff like, like that. I Like all I want to be known for, like I want to be known for like being kind and being honest and like, that's sort of like life well lived or something. It right. sounds like probably dumb and naive or whatever, but just like, I mean, you want to be honest with your friends and your family and yeah. like, that doesn't mean you're an asshole. It just means like you treat people with respect and you um, are, um, well, in general, you're super respectful of them as humans and you want to interact with them in a very honest way instead of like, no, you totally look pretty in those jeans, girl. Like that kind of thing. I just, I never, I can't, I can't go shopping with most people because I'm just like, eh. I don't, I don't play the game. Right. But that's because the game is dishonest. Yeah. It's, there's nothing enjoyable about playing that dishonest game. No, I agree with you. So how do you think that honesty ties into video? (laughs) I I could go on about that forever, but we're not going to do that. Anyways. Yeah. So I'm here. The booth looks great. I've got three games, two of them. Well, one's unreleased. One's kind of released and the other one's very released. So yeah. So Night Nine Woods, Woods is very released. Overland's kind of released. Right, because it's in early uh, yeah, it's, access. Or, yeah, it's in like the alpha. What, yeah. And then Tunic is like very unreleased. Right. So um, it's a, it's a, they're all in different genres. They're all beautiful. And um, yeah, I, I love bringing it to shows because watching people, I'm going to use a really dumb term, but it's the easiest one. Like the cross-pollination between the games and the audiences, I find infinitely fascinating when we're at shows. Do they get, do they get like then get magnetized to the other games at the booth. They get sucked in so hard. That's pretty cool. Well, everything's so beautiful. Right. So like they're sitting there waiting to play, you know, Night in the Woods, but they're watching something else as it's happening. Although the Night in the Woods, since it's around the L, won't be able to like just watch Overland. Um, But that's fine because Night in the Woods is out. Most, Not most people. We're indie, so like... Everyone's heard of Ev- Night in the Woods. No, it's funny. We're indie. It means no one's heard of Night in the Woods. Right. Like every eyeball that comes by when you're indie is a new set of eyeballs. And that's how you have to think about it. Because even if you sell 100,000 copies, like if you compare that to like AAA or something, yeah. it's like, I mean, you're not even like a percentage or whatever. Like, so like, yeah, every eyeball is a new eyeball. So it kind of makes me sad that a little bit, even though the booth looks awesome, that like Night in the Woods is off on the side because I'm going to have new Night in the Woods people that are just not going to be able to see Tunic in Overland. But I put Tunic and Overland in sort of the better position for walking and stuff. So like people have to kind of walk by it to get to Night in the Woods. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, My biggest shame last year was starting Night in the Woods and then never finishing it. It was like I I started it. I'm not proud of this. Like this is me bragging. (laughs) Like I started it. I think I started it in Breath of the Wild around the same time, but it was oh, it, it, it was sandwich- it's a terrible release time. It was sandwiched between I went to a a show in Raleigh one weekend, and then the following weekend I was going to Pax East, mm-hmm. and I was like, I fuck, I just bought Night in the Woods. I've been following this game forever. His art style is beautiful. I think Scott Benson did an awesome job on all that. He's an amazing human. And I and then I was like, man, this fuck this like this 
guitar well, you, hero section is really cool and i'm like i should, i'm really tired i just i could go pack these well that and like i mean the switch came out and then you get like a zelda game that you can play for like 967 right. years of your life yeah um so like yeah totally totally get it and then i mean last year like triple a last year holy crap yeah so good like i mean people rag on AAA, but like so many years, like you do one game, maybe two games that are just like, wow, those are amazing. But like last year was like practically one a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, we were so honored to be on like Night in the Woods, to be on like all these game of the year lists. Cause like, like we would go through and we're like, man, that budget was like a budget of, you know, millions. GD- yeah, yeah. GDP of like small <laughs> countries. And wow, so was that one, and so was that one. Oh, yeah, there's like a cute, there's like a good indie game too, and then we're on it too, and then be like a ton more of these like crazy AAA titles, and we're like, it's just like really humbling, because like we're a tiny little team, and we did it, we did this game for like, you know, I think all said and done between everybody, if we added up everybody's expenses, maybe 700,000, but that's everybody that worked on the team, and their expenses, and like our loans, and everything, like, we didn't even hit a million dollars developing this over like three and a half or four years or whatever the heck it was, um, which is still an outrageous amount of money. But that's just kind of what games cost. Yeah. Like, because you have to factor in like, what did it take to live? And that's for multiple people. Yeah, that's a budget. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it was it's been like it's super 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 humbling um, yeah. to be included on lists with you know. Like Horizon or Breath of the yeah, Wild. Yeah, with or... heroes in so many ways. Yeah. Like some of like the best designers and some of the best artists like in the world. And we happen to be like on the same list. We're like this tiny weird game about like a college dropout. And she's also a cat. Right. And you walk around a lot and talk to people and do weird interactive things with like... It, it doesn't play like a normal game. It's not a walking simulator. It's just like Night in the Woods weird. I and fell in love with it the second I saw their Kickstarter because they had a Kickstarter mm-hmm. originally, right? And I was just like, oh my God, this looks amazing. And then there was like a GIF I think Alec put up of like it in Unity and he was like messing with the camera. So like you would see like the planes and like mm-hmm. um, and, and the characters were on one plane and all that. And I was just like, oh my God, this, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, they were, they're, I don't know. They're so talented. Like Alec is so talented. Like he's one of the best programmers that I've ever worked with. And we've worked with him on multiple things. And um, Scott can punch out content. Like I often like, I think about night in the woods and like the story and like sort of the squirrely stuff. Cause like my background is in writing just in general, like as a, a hobbyist. And then I worked in media relations and stuff. So like, like the act of writing words is like a really interesting thing for me. And like telling stories is a really interesting thing for me. But I look at how like one, they had to build like a text en- engine to even make the darn thing work. Cause like yeah. twine wasn't powerful enough for this. <sighs> and then you're telling me I look at like what Alec built and like how it's become yarn spinner. And then Scott coming in and building this choose your own adventure type squirrely mess that like branches all over the place. And I, I'm like, how did you hold this in your head? Right. Like this story that's like layered on top of each other. It's not like this linear experience. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, it's infinitely fascinating. And then every once in a while, uh, Scott will talk about his quote notebooks. So like, Oh no, I wrote that down in my notebook. And, um, recently he was like, Cause he's been talking about like, I want to have this like idea for this new thing. And he's like, I've got my notebooks ready. And I'm like, 
damn, what do these notebooks look like? <laughs> like <laughs> how much of this like crazy way in which you like layer the story on top of each other? Like I'm, I'm so I'm dying to see how he maps that. Cause like, it's really hard for me to understand. And like, I do tell stories. Like I do write stories. Right. So, yeah. So, um, just to, for some context, you and Adam both went to university of Michigan. Yes. Is that Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. And so did you study writing there? Uh, kind of. So, cause my assumption was that you had a background in business, but that was just my assumption. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, so I actually started out pre-med. Okay. Um, and had an unfortunate semester where I overextended myself. Um, As I went, happens with a lot of pre-med. I went from a 3.9 like, to like a 1.6. And um, I ended up in academic probation. I was unable to um, row on my crew team. Oh uh, my God, you're my fate. No, I rowed. I started, I picked it up in college. Um, you're but my I, favorite person right now. Oh my up, God. Yeah, so... Um, I was actually recruited for rowing in high school, but I had already picked my university because I I didn't row in high school. Right. I um, I was just I was just kind of a super jock. Like <laughs> I, I did it all. I kind of did. Um, it's, it's this is this is not me bragging or anything. It's just the, what my family was like. Like my oldest brother ran track in college. My right. second one played baseball. My third one was actually like um, ranked nationally in like the eight hundred and like ran in college like my brother my fourth brother is like six foot five and was dunking and used to be an exceptional high jumper he's sort of like the lazy one though he's such a (laughs) sweetie bear but so he was just like i just want to play basketball and volleyball i just don't want to do anything but then i was i played basketball until i just couldn't handle the coach anymore she was the same age as my brothers and did not like them very much that's what happens when you grow up in a small town is you end up with right shitty small town things um but i was like um, I danced starting at like age three. So I did like Chiquetti ballet for like 23 years and modern and like I'd been on point shoes since I was in fifth grade. Um, so I have like this crazy dance background, but then I also ran track. Um, I did 300 hurdles um, and I, I threw shot put in discus, which you can see me, but most people can't, but I'm like five foot nine and like 142 pounds. I'm not a very uh, beefy girl. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I now run distance and stuff, but like, I have my throwing coach called them levers. I have very powerful levers is what he said. Which um, comes in handy in rowing. Exactly. Um, yeah, lightweight and really strong is a great thing for rowing. Um, but yeah, I threw shot put and discus and was actually really good at both of them. And then I ran like middle distance, kind of like whatever they needed to score points in. Mm-hmm. At, I just, you, we need a two mile relay person. We need somebody to go out and run the 400. We need like somebody to, I ran the 100 once and had to place. Like I need you to go run this in place. Like I was just, I was one of those. So like I had this like weird floating fourth um, thing, but the Michigan State University rowing coach started recruiting me when I was a senior to go row at MSU. Uh-huh. I didn't know this. I didn't even know what the hell rowing was. Right. I, mean, I grew up in like Fowlerville, Michigan. You use your arms, right? And I have like a boat. I didn't even, I couldn't even swim. Like I taught myself how to swim when I was like 14, like did not die. Um, but yeah, uh, my uh, track coach actually told me about it. Um, towards the end of the year, like, you know, I knew you were, you were going off to Brigham Young University or you had the full ride to central. Like, so I told him like, you'd probably already committed someplace. Um, and that just sort of stayed in the back of my mind. And then I went off to BYU for like a year and then I transferred to U of M and they had a crew team. So I like tried out for the novice team. That 
Michigan's crew team does not fuck around. No, they really don't. Oh my god, we saw them at um, what is it, Acra in Georgia? So in like Lake Lanier, it's mm-hmm. like the it's like the collegiate club championships for the sprints. And oh my God, you see these fuckers going down the river and, or the lake and you're like, holy shit. Well, we would practice on the lake until November. Oh my God. Like, That's cold. You know how cold it is on a lake in November Ooh, on, in Michigan? In Lake Michigan? Or no, 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 there's no, a no, different no. body of water? God, no, okay. no, no. Just Michigan's about, all lakes. Right. No, it's like right, the river sort of, of on the way between sort of Ann Arbor and Detroit is where it. the ladies' boathouse was. And the guys actually practiced in Ann Arbor. Um, but yeah, so I ended up on academic probation, mm-hmm. taking all these pre-med courses um, because they were curved in half the classes, I actually passed them by grade with like C pluses, but they were curved um, because half the classes were pre-med students, or I'm sorry, were medical students who didn't have the right prereqs to go to med school. So they had already taken gross anatomy. They'd done cadaver studies. They were all actual, like going to be doctors and half the classes were these students who got A's <laughs> in these classes. <laughs> And then the other half were pre-med and kinesiology students. So like I walked in on my first day to like anatomy and physiology, which were two different courses and were eight credits for those two courses. I was up there. It was awful. And they were on the medical campus, medical school campus. Oh my God. VCU has a huge medical campus too. Three hours in anatomy and physiology, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I had three hours of labs on Thursday. I was up on the med campus like all day long. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I was standing next to somebody, um, and they were like, hey, so how many times have you been in this course? And I'm like, oh, it's my first. And they're like, it's my fourth. And I'm like, excuse me? They're like, oh, honey, you are going to be in this course a lot. So you just, whenever you need to schedule classes, just sign up for it again. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm like a three. I've never failed anything in my life. Like, right, what are you right, talking right. about? And they're like, you're going to fail it the first time. You have to get an A in order to beat the curve. I'm like, she's like, you have to get at least a 96%. She's like, but what you're going to do is you're probably going to fail it. Or you're going to get a D minus or something in it. And you have to average together to a C plus for our major because, and they don't replace grades. University of Michigan, when I went to school, averaged together the grade. So like one of my roommates had taken a stats course four times in order to get her B minus because she That's did crazy. really bad. Like you have a bad semester and you're F. So yeah, I actually passed my courses and with a decent grade considering like I was in really hard anatomy and physiology right. classes uh, and failed them. Yeah. But yeah, I ended up on academic probation, but at the same time, this is this is a little bit more about how stupid I am, which gives some context on Finji. Um, <laughs> I also was a head cheerleading coach at a neighboring high school okay, for the okay. varsity team. I worked 30 hours a week at the Olive Garden because yeah. I was putting myself through school because mm-hmm. I was poor and I, I never took less than 16 credits any semester ever. So, And I was on the novice crew team. <laughs> uh, so I have two things to say. First, I just want to know some more specifics. Port, starboard? Um, I preferred port, um, but I could do both. Yeah. like, But my preference, I like, I kind of went wherever they needed someone my size. Okay, so, um, so any seat, basically. Any seat, yeah, because I was light enough to actually sit up front. Okay, but yeah. my height was in the back, but I was outweighed in the back by like 40 or 50 pounds. Right, right, right. Um, I actually was small enough to be a cox. Yeah. 
like in the event that our cocks didn't show up, I could cram myself up into that seat because I only outweighed our coxes by like 15 pounds. Yeah. I coxed a couple times and I'm not super light. Oh, it was awful fitting in those seats. Yeah. Um, uh, that's... Yeah. God, that's so, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just so, <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, I just, I love crew. And, uh, but so the other thing I was going to say is that, uh, I have two degrees and I was taking 18 credits for a while and that was the point. And I also had to work a job to mm-hmm. pay for rent and stuff. And that was the point where I was like, I can't do rowing anymore. Yeah. And this is going to break my heart. Well, that's so what, after I did so badly, like, and I was putting myself through school, I was like, okay, uh, come to God moment, Becca, like you are effed, like you're going to be at the school forever. So like I wasn't pre-med anymore. I went to communication studies because I knew I could four-point it. Right. And in the event that I four-pointed it, I knew I could get my grade high enough that I could get into graduate school if I did really, really well on the standardized tests. Mm-hmm. Um, I could get up to like a very high C, maybe a B minus average, which is like really embarrassing for me. Right. But like I knew that was all I could do to like dig myself out of this horrible hole. Um, so yeah, I went to communication studies, um, which... It's probably like a pretty fluff degree, but it's actually been super useful. Um, more thinking about like cultural, um, what's the word? I call it maven theory, but that's not really what I'm talking about. But like watching trends, watching cultural trends. Right. Um, which is what I do a lot with video games. Even before I was in video games, I would just like sort of watch things happening in the industry because of yeah. Adam. Yeah. Um, but now I actually get to do it for fun, which is super interesting. Um, um but yeah, so I did um, I did uh, media relations after I graduated. So like press conferences, press releases, press lists. Um, and I did Which that. also sounds super helpful. Yeah. Well, I started out actually um, working at the University of Michigan Health Systems. I did a bunch of internship work there. And that and I was actually offered a job after I graduated. But um, we had to move someplace with video game companies. But like that I loved because I used to work with the researchers. I used to be able to interview researchers. I used to read and I still read like, you know, um, medical journal sort of articles and stuff because like I find it infinitely fascinating and like that was like a really um, exciting uh, career pathway so I was like well we'll move to Austin I'll work for the medical school there they don't have one but I know that at the time (laughs) so I ended up in just like nonprofit PR um, which I hated oh really like actual nonprofit PR I just I hated working for nonprofits like it was just like the fundraising hustle, the making up stories where there really isn't a story, like all of that was just like, I don't like this at all. So I ended up um, getting a job at like a tech or a, a tech company, like a software company as like a glorified secretary. Um, I actually used to like program dongles. Okay. Like to make theirs because there was like the, the, um, the digital rights management, like keys to yeah, activate yeah, software. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. So I used to actually like, by program, I mean, I used to plug them in the computer and run scripts right. on them and then package things up and ship them. Um, but that was why I was like, do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to be a nurse? Do I want to go back to school? Do I want to go to business school? Like, I mean, because I was about 24, 23 or something. Okay. But in that position, I taught myself tech writing. Their contract technical writer went on maternity leave and they needed their manuals updated. And I'm like, well, shit, I could figure this out. Right. And I did, I made contractor wages while working my hourly job at that company, which was really cool because mm-hmm. they were teaching me while I was already working there. While they were there. paying you, yeah. Yeah, to be a tech writer. And then I convinced them to like create that position for me. 
because that's what I do. And then after <laughs> I learned everything I could about the software to the point where like I knew more about it than everyone else at the company. Um, and I wrote giant manuals and like um, things for like internal, like this is how this actually works. Um, I convinced them to turn me into a product manager, but it was like this weird halfway point between like product manager and project manager. It was like half of development, half of marketing, which is a weird position for someone with no engineering degree. But like I used to travel to shows yeah. and I would talk to our customers and I would find out how they were using the software and how they wanted to use the software. Right. But then I would also look at all the other things on the market and like sort of pull it all together and be like, this, this is what's going to stick in two years, we should really be building this. Right, right. And I was absolutely right. I left the this particular industry before it like switched, but like I was watching cultural trends. Yeah. Like I was talking to people yeah. and like they always derided like all these, uh, like the moms with cameras, like the mommy photographer. Right, like, right, right. The industry, especially photography industry, like right around 2008-ish was just like, this is not where this industry is going to go. And it's like, this is really absolutely where this industry is going to go and it's going to change completely. And it did within two years. Mm-hmm. So like, some also some casual sexism happening there. Like oh, discounting totally. That. No, photography was weird because it was so tech heavy, um, like equipment. It's the same thing that happened with computers. Yeah. It got like gadgety. Um, and like the late 90s, especially with like the early digital cameras was very expensive gadgety. So yeah. And it's like completely switched over to more of like a prosumer um, and all the software went over to prosumer. Um, and I was like, it's funny because I'd left the company already. And I was just like, I told you. I told you you need to get this work on Mac. Right. I told you. Right. You said the Mac audience was not not big enough. That's really cool that like like a lot of what you're saying is like things I recognize. So like like you're saying cultural trends, like recognizing things and we and like talking about video games. Like I, you know. A lot of people, at least um, a lot of colleagues that I have in the indie sphere, they don't pay attention to, say, like, the enthusiast press. Like, they'll pay attention to it when it when it's, like, mm-hmm. really personal to them. But, like, the general sphere, it's not. But, you know, I and I'm not saying this is the end-all, be-all, but, like, you know, I read Polygon Daily or I listen to the Giant Bombcast and stuff like that. But, like, and and, and I use that a lot to, like, see where things, see where the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the compass is pointing. But, like, also what you're saying about, like, Kind of like I think it's fascinating that you know you you've talked about before and like I think the the train jam discord but also on Twitter about like how you know feels like people that are in production or business or on the marketing side of mm-hmm. things have to constantly like justify yeah. their existence yeah justify why I'm here and it's right. like I like I talked to Adam actually a lot about this because Adam can talk about what he does all the time he can go up at any given point, any day and be like, let me tell you about all the crazy shit that I'm building. Let me tell you about all the stuff that I'm doing production wise. Like I can't go up and talk about 95% of what I do because I'm contractually obligated to not, I'm behind like 35 NDAs. Like I'm uh, holding on announcing stuff because I got something super cool planned. Like half of the stuff that I do is secret. Right. Um, which is like really fun for me because I go to a show and I get asked all these questions and in my brain I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I know funny. the answer to that, but I'm not going to tell you. Right. Um, and oftentimes like I I plan for things where I'm like purposefully confusing what is like the appearance of things because I don't want something that I'm doing to leak. Like um, 
I'm, I'm always telling people like, you don't, don't talk about this with anyone. I don't care how good of a friend they are. They're going to talk to somebody else. They're going to get drunk at an event. They're going to tell the wrong person. Like, I'm not even going to tell the press about it too early. I'm not going to even put it behind like closed door embargo. I want nothing to leak. Um, So yeah, but like when you're coming from like a spot where you like, you didn't start, I didn't start out in games. I didn't plan on playing games or building games. Like I played the Super Nintendo and then I didn't have a 3D system at all until I married Adam and then they were in my house again. Like, uh, and then you tell people like, well, I run a video game company and they're like, yeah, really? Like who, who the hell are you? It's like, but also like, like that's good though, to have like a difference, like having different oh, for sure. perspectives. It, like Rami has said as much, like I think he said like the other weeks, like can't just hire people. They're just like, I love games and it's all, it's all about yeah. games. My life's all about games. Yeah. They have, people have to come from different per- perspectives and backgrounds. And that's actually something we do a lot when we hire people. Like, on our Finji teams, especially like we have, we do blind hiring. So we like solicit on social media and stuff for people to apply for our positions when we have them open for like a collaborator position. And then Adam goes through and actually scrubs names, names and gender and everything, anything that we can actually see. Um, Like he'll do like screenshots even of people's portfolio sites that don't have any identifying anything. And then he'll like collect it all together in like little file folders and be like, I want the team to look through all of this stuff and rank them. Which ones do you like the best? Um, Which is like super, super cool because like what ends up happening is like even, even when you're like the best, most wonderful human in the world, you got bias there. Yeah, You're like reading a name and you're being like, what the fuck? What kind of name is that? Or right. uh, um, I found it when I when I was hiring actually at the software company, I was like vetting resumes a lot and I was putting them in the A, B, and C pile. I found that like my bias about women who are younger was really strong that I was like putting them in a pile that they shouldn't have been in. Um, and I caught it and I actually like reshuffled everything and I whited out all of the names. Right. Um, Cause I was like, that is horrifying. Like, why is this happening? Yeah. And, um, and, and researchers said like, you know, if, if a, if an applicant has like a black sounding name, there's yeah. a chance for racial bias to, to yeah. play a part. Or like you have a woman name. Um, I've, I've talked to my mom actually about this cause I, I have two sons. Um, but I was like, mom, like what if I have a girl? Like, what if I have a daughter and she's like, well, that'll be funny. Like, you know, my, <laughs> she, oh, she's just like you and a pain in the ass. But I was like, no, no, no. Like, what if my daughter wants to work in the sciences? Like, what if I give her a daughter name? And my mom's like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, I should probably pick like a, 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 a gender, name, yeah, yeah, gender nonspecific name, shouldn't I? Like Dylan. Yeah. And my, <laughs> my mom's like, like, what? She's like, is, does this happen? I'm like, it does. Like it really does. Like I've been, if my initials weren't so dumb, like RL, actually I could get away with that. It sounds like a a children's horror author, like (laughs) RL Saltzman. Then no one would actually know that like I'm actually a woman, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the best things I've read that you've written on Twitter is that 
when Jonathan Blow said his thing. <laughs> subtweet. Yeah, you said you. Yeah, oh, I was so mad. But it was I also hate... subtweet, but it was also you just replying to Scott, which was even funnier. Oh God, you yes. just latched onto his thread and just. I went. was like Scott. I'm so sorry. I'm just gonna rant here for a second, but like deterministic biology makes me absolutely rage. I was actually I was talking to. Um, there's a we have a, a guy that I've never met before. He's working in our booth this weekend. Um, and I was talking to him about it earlier about, I'm like, yeah, like this popped up and like this weird deterministic biology thing, like just keeps popping up over and over again. And it's like discounting 40 years of very clear sociology research. And then I'm like looking at it just like based on like my life and the life of all the women now that I grew up with who like, I'm like, I had a hope chest. I have four older brothers and I have a hope chest. I got like, I remember getting a quilt pattern when I was a kid that was like, you could make this quilt pattern for the bed, for the quilt that you could have on the bed when you get married. And like, I'm, my, my family's pretty modern. Like I grew up Mormon, sure, but like pretty modern. Right. Like we had video games. We didn't follow the rules. We didn't go to church every Sunday. Like, None of us are Mormon anymore, really. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we, we're pretty, like, I'm super liberal even. Like, but, like, my grandmother wanted me to do cotillion or, like, like that coming out thing that girls do while you're in the white dress at 16. Not right. quinceanera because <laughs> I'm not Hispanic, but, like, whatever, like, the, the Michigan Midwest, like, blue money sort of thing is. Yeah. Like, she was mad when I didn't do that. Like, furious where you like take manner lessons and stuff right. like it's a finishing school for like white girls in the midwest um like i had a math teacher a woman math teacher unless that told me that i was too dumb to pass pre-calculus i was a 4.0 student i was in like the top 10 percent of my class i was like in the running like it, for salutatorian right and I, I was a STEM gifted and talented and I was too dumb and I, because I needed to see all the steps. I was like, are you kidding me? And because of that, I couldn't take a bunch of science classes. Like, that is insane. Mm -hmm. And that was just like me in the Midwest. Like, that's not like um, they wouldn't let me play baseball. They made me play softball. Even though I was a way better baseball player. They didn't have any like uh, co-ed basketball teams uh, at all even though I was really good at basketball like there's just there's all this stuff of just like no you can't do that you're a girl you're a girl it's you, no I had to wear skirts for picture day you, you want to know what happens when a kid a little girl wears a skirt in elementary school you can't play on the damn playground you're like stuck on the blacktop because right. like I can jump rope, I guess, yeah. play hopscotch, but you can't play on the slide because you're in a damn skirt and all the teachers freak out. Yeah. Like it's just, it's ludicrous. I complained about stalkers in high school. And no one did anything about it. Dude was legit stalking me. He like called my house all the time. I, he still scares me. I know where he lives, like what cities he's, he's in. And now that I'm like a marginally, like almost public figure in my industry, and he's not in the industry at all, but he's interested in games, at least was when he was a high schooler. I'm like, God, what if he shows up someday? Right. He could find he like He could he, find me. Yeah. And I'm like married. I mean, this kid like stalked me when I was like 16, 17, 18. And like he could just find me, even though I'm like a grown ass woman now. Right. 
And it's like, like what, what guy goes into like, you know, the, their 37th birthday worried about like a teenage stalker. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. Why are we not in the sciences? Because when we go on the fucking, like we're the only woman in computer science in college and you have to walk into that class. It's not deterministic biology. It's like, oh, good. This is going to be fun. Yeah. And I, and I especially hate how that stuff come, comes into games, too. I mean, obviously, like, Gamergate is a huge example of that. But, like, even, like, for so for, like, the Giant Bomb Game of the Year stuff, apparently, like, people in that community were, like, giving Abby Russell a bunch of shit. Because, I don't know who that is. So she's, like, one of their new hires. She's, she's one of the video producers oh, okay, on the East Coast okay. one. But, like, she was... She was like standing up for like she's like I disagree and like and you listen to the giant the game of the year deliberations mm-hmm. and it's like I disagree I think this this game should be on here and she was constantly like just standing up for what she believed in and I think that irked people oh gosh yeah yeah no I get so I've gotten a couple of comments on my GDC talks um, just a few over the years um, and they've always been really really funny so my very first GDC talk was like a soapbox. And I remember when I got asked to do the soapbox, my, my only response when Matthew Wagner asked me was just, I was like, why? Why in the world would you ask me to do this? And he's like, I don't know. I think you'd have an interesting perspective. And I'm like, well, can you give me some guidelines? Like, what do you even think I should talk about? He's like, well, that's the whole point of the soapbox is talk about whatever you want. And I was just like, I, at that point, it was like 2015 or something. And I was like, my, my youngest was two-ish. So I was like, I'd been out of games for a while because I had like itty bitty, not out of games, but out of public appearances at games for a while because I had itty bitties at home. I wasn't traveling very much. Right. And this GDC was going to be the first one I went to in like years, like four years or something, three okay. years. Um, and they asked me to do the soapbox. And I'd never spoken at GDC before. Um, and I was like, man, like, I don't know what the hell to talk to. I talk about like, you know, how we rebranded Finji. I'm like, we just spent like a year and a half in like a legal battle with like an old partner and like, I just don't know. And I was like, you know what? No, like what's most stressful in my life right now and most frustrating is that I have to juggle being like a default parent every single day and also try to work in this industry. And, you know, Gamergate had just happened like seven months before. And I was, I spent months freaking out that like someone was going to attack Adam because he was really upset, obviously, and like was publicly very upset. Um, about like everything i'm like this should never have been written like this isn't this is crazy you guys like all of this is crazy and nobody's nobody's life should be ruined in this sort of way and he was very publicly stating all of these things and i was like how fast can i hide my family and like this is like the sort of stuff that was like going through my mind like okay this is who i this is this is the police officers that i need to talk to in austin in the event that they attack my family i have tiny children I just, I just need Adam to shut up on the internet. I just can't like, it was so, so stressful. And then in my brain, like as I was planning the soapbox was like, no, well, the thing that really defines me is I'm indie now and very much in like the game industry. And I know zero moms. I knew none at all going into this. And like when I reached out before I met six in the indie space, like sort of like in going up to my, um, my soapbox and then afterwards and there's been a bunch more but i knew a ton of indie dads and i was just like well that's odd like where the hell are we all and then i'm like oh we probably aren't in games anymore 
because the hours are so trashy and like wading through the tech, like the the sort of tech bias and the sexism that's in tech trying to get a job, like all of a sudden we're mommy tracked and like all the things that happen normally to women who become moms and try to like have a career and stuff was happening like it was, it was so, it was just, I was angry. <laughs> so I got up there, I'm like, fuck this. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. And this is, this is what I'm going to talk about. But now every time I give a talk, like I give my introduction where I'm like, my name is Becca Saltzman. I run Finji with my husband, Adam Saltzman. And we have a couple kids and we're raising them up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And that's sort of like my introduction. Right. And I always get a complaint. Rebecca Saltzman should really stop talking about her children and being a mom. And I'm like, but I talked about numbers. I, I didn't. I'm like, but that other guy, the guy who went after me, totally talked about being a parent. I really didn't this time. And it's just, it like comes through every single time. She really should stop talking about being a mom. And I'm like, I'm not. Like, why? Like, because like, like. I'm not going to stop talking about being Indian a parent. Right. Like, you know, it's. If, once you become a parent, it's not like you stop becoming like a game well, developer. Yeah. Uh, well, on top of that, like the most important thing to me when I talk about being a game developer is, um, especially with indies, it's like, are you sustainable? Are you healthy? And are you happy? And for me, when I talk about sustainability and being healthy and being happy, I have to factor in, can I pay my mortgage for, can I put away some money so my kids can go to college someday? Can I feed my kids? Uh, do you I have pay for your health, sh- health insurance, insurance and their health and insurance? Theirs. Like what happens when they get really sick? And now I have to juggle that on top of also being a game developer that is they run a studio out of my house. Like all of these things go together. And when you're indie and eventually you have a partner and maybe you and your partner have children, that is going to be your reality too. And if I don't talk about that and I don't pr- provide an example of like this is possible like that's doing a huge disservice to our industry and it's right. doing a huge disservice to other women who are coming up behind me who need to see an example of somebody who's like not ashamed of like, I, I am a Midwest mom. I drive a big ass Honda pilot and I take my kids to dance class and I make dinner at night and I really like to bake. I also have a garden. I, I also happen to have pink hair and I make video games and I swear a lot. Like, but I, I buy furniture and I paint walls and I don't know, eat, drink sangria on my porch right. with like my retired neighbors. Like we're real people. And like, if I don't talk about sort of something other than I make Overland and I put things out on console and I'm always in certification, like that's the boring part of what we do. What's interesting is like, I make that while I also am a human. Right. Um, which is interesting like it kind of I just want to kind of branch off on a little tangent to that because like the the reason I like talking to you and (laughs) other people in the industry is because you know I feel like there's there's like there's there's like two types of fandom right there's like there's fandom for the sake of fandom of like I really like this person I really like what they make it's like oh I just want to come and shake their hand and say how much I love their stuff and then there's like aspirational fandom of like I just really want to talk to this person from the perspective of I want to know you know what makes you tick yeah what like what what do you do and why 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 choose the path that you've chosen Mm -hmm. and stuff and and that's why I like talking to people and like recording it because not everyone gets the opportunity to talk to the people that they want to talk to. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel that's really valuable to me. So like when people kind of disregard, 
the other aspects of your humanity. It's like you're disregarding the most important parts. Like if you look at sort of video games from the outside, and I I get it all the time. Like I was sitting next to a lady on the airplane flying out here, and and she was asking me what I did, and I was asking what she did. And she's she's like a mom. She's got four sons, but her youngest is like twenty. And I was like, oh, I make video games, and she was just like, ew. (laughs) I was like. I was like, I know what you're thinking right now. I'm like, I don't, I don't make face shooters. And then she just started laughing. She's like, are there other kinds? <laughs> Which I mean, it's like, yeah. yeah, obviously. But like, obviously she's not in games. She doesn't play games. She's like, this isn't her thing. But like the view from the outside is this very one version. Like there's a single version of like what, who is a game maker and what do they look like? And right. like the stereotype is insulting to all game makers, but at the same time, and I think gamers like a really problematic term in general, but like people who play games are not homogenous either. Right. Um, and oftentimes like when we talk about gamers, like, you know, we're like, those gamers, like that's just us being idiots, but like there is sort of that version, but the majority are not that version. The majority are just like beautiful humans who have a wide variety of interests. Like they don't just play call of duty they don't just play halo they play a whole variety of things um and we have a tendency to sort of ignore that because it doesn't fit like our narrative yeah um and like that's the part like and that's why like when we talk about like ourselves we sort of talk about like this is our whole thing like yes adam will shout about speed racer and dark souls all damn day but he'll also (laughs) pictures of birds oh my gosh that is the that might be my favorite thing that he's picked up i think it might be the cutest thing he's ever done and I'm so sorry, Adam, you're going to someday probably listen to this, but it is so effing cute that his Twitter account is just Mario Odyssey birds. <laughs> there's a there's a uh, there's a restaurant on the Riverwalk, as there are many, but there's a, one Mexican one that has like a patio and then like open doors and there are just pigeons inside the restaurant. And I'm like, looking at these pigeons, I was like, I should have fucking taken a picture of this and just sent it to Adam. Oh, Adam, I've been so on board. You're like, oh, that's a good friend. <laughs> that's a good friend. <laughs> that's great. No, we actually have, Adam doesn't really take pictures of them that much, but like we installed a bird feeder directly outside of our studio window, Uh which he has to keep it. Like those are, those are his pets, Um, but he has to fill it up and everything. And we have this stupid fat squirrel named Bruce who's been there and visiting this thing since last year. Last year he ate like a sugar pumpkin, which is how he got a name. And he was a very, very fat squirrel. But we can identify him now, which is really funny. But Bruce sits out there and then we also have like the bird feeder. Um, but that's because Adam is obsessed with birds. Like he loves them. They're dinosaurs and Adam's obsessed <laughs> with dinosaurs. And this is like, yeah, rabbit holing on like Adam's adorable like interests is because like, again, from the outside, you're like, oh, it's Adam Atomic. He made Carnival and did Flixel back in the day. <laughs> and now he's, he's the lead developer on Overland. He made Carnival. Yeah. But like, he's also like, you know, he's a fan of a lot of things and he's like, an encyclopedia about everything and he like you get him going he's just like so animated and interesting all the time but he also has like a bird feeder like an old grandpa with binoculars and he's like constantly looking for like sharpies and hawks and owls in the backyard we have like an owl house that we built and like put up in the backyard currently a bunch of shitty like brown sparrows live in it but like and we're, we keep her like we're like, like we college should, students like yeah. using the really nice no, brownstone they're total assholes too they like sit in the hole and keep other sparrows out but we like look at it and we're like we should really clean that out and get those little shitheads out of there and then it never happens and i know why because adam i don't think adam could possibly 
justify kicking out a bunch of stupid birds from his owl house, even though no screech owl is ever going to move into the owl house with those shitty sparrows in it. Right. But like, that's not like a, a narrative that you hear about in the, let's talk about game developers. Like, you know, Adam and his fucking owl house in the right. backyard. Like, he's such an old man. So does Bruce the squirrel <laughs> try to get the... Oh, seat? God, he does. And All it's right. funny as hell. We Do have like a squirrel baffle underneath it, which is very funny. Oh, does it work well? It does. Yeah. he He's jumped at it once and came close. But if you tap on the window, he freaks out and runs away. But like, we have this giant lilac bush that's sort of like... A barrier? Neck, well, it's next to it, but it's not quite close enough that he could jump onto it. Um, but yeah, Bruce is dumb. Bruce, When Bruce ate that sugar pumpkin, he was so fat, he could barely make it up a tree. Like, he would go a few, <laughs> and like he would stop. Oh. And he was, I mean, we have pictures of him. He was perfectly softball-shaped for like four months. He made it all through the winter very comfortably. I bet. Um, tip, though. Um, and you can not tell Adam this, so he has to listen to the podcast <laughs> to find out the secret. But uh, birds don't have heat receptors. So oh. you can put cayenne pepper in the bird feeder and it won't affect the birds. It will affect the squirrel. Oh, that's cool. So extra layer of protection. But they all eat it at the bottom. That would make me super sad. If they ever figure out a way to get to the squirrel feeder, I'll do it. But the stupid shitty sparrows and finches will drop a bunch of stuff on the ground and then we'll have like Bruce and Bruce has a scampy friend. And they chill out underneath, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if 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 it ever gets to that to that point, that would be funny. I'm oh, cayenne pepper in the bird feeder. That would be beautiful. You hear it, Adam? Cayenne pepper in the bird feeder. Beautiful. <laughs> it's funny when they get stuck in the baffle. It's very funny. Is it like a big net? Like was it? no, it's just like a it's just like a tube. That like just goes underneath like the bird feeder and they can't get on the outside of the tube because uh, they can't hold on to it. So like they a just, mesh or something? No, it's it's seriously just like a metal oh. a metal tube. It looks like a little cannon, like and it just fits underneath the bird feeder and they go up inside the baffle and they can't get out. And if they try to jump on the outside of it, it's so wide and it's made out of metal, they can't actually get any grip. I have seen somebody put a slinky. There's like YouTube videos of somebody putting a slinky in the baffle uh -huh. and they grab onto the slinky and then they bounce. You should look those. Those are high quality YouTube videos. <laughs> That's like the thing with like the, the raccoon and the nail and the log. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. They grab it and they can't, they can't pull get it, it out. back out. Yeah. Yep. The raccoon traps are always really sad. I'm like, oh, let go of the shiny thing. Although if my four-year-old put his hand into a trap and there was something shiny in there, he also wouldn't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> he steals things and then he says stuff like I think I put it in a box and who knows what that means it'll turn up in like three years when I open something oh this box yeah he took the back of a child's seat like a triangle metal piece it's like the most important piece that I holds the seat together. belt yep. yeah and he took it and it's been gone now for I don't know seven weeks I've looked everywhere I tore apart the basement that damn thing is gone and he think he put it in a box <laughs> that's funny so, thank you. Yes, I live with a fucking tiny raccoon. <laughs> and then also your children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's a raccoon. Sometimes it's like a cute, empathetic cuddle bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about, before we started recording this, we talked about my Twitter account. We were, both Adam and I record ludicrous things our children say. Right. And we just refer to them as like four-year-olds and six-year-olds. Which um, might be the best part. It's yeah. like, I don't know, like, I know the company is like named after the nicknames of one of your kids. 
Yeah, actually, Finji is the nickname of Finnegan when he was an infant. And the crown is because my oldest is named Kingsley. Oh, okay. But like, if you were just at near our house, we yell Kiki and Finny. So, I mean, who the hell knows what we're... <laughs> Kiki and Finny. And that's what they call each other. So, oh, that's adorable. Yeah, the four year or the the four year old when he was little couldn't say Kingsley. It's a really hard one to say. Um, so we just started saying Kiki, um, and it stuck. And Kings gets very upset. He's like, "You're not allowed to call me that." I'm like, "Too bad. I'm your mom. I can call you whatever I want." <laughs> um, but he's like, "Don't call me this in public." I'm like, "Are we already there?" I'm like, "You're gonna be Kiki when you're like six foot five and like beautiful, like this giant sized son of mine." I'm like, "You're still gonna be Kiki." Um, but Finney, the poor thing was called Buppy. That's what, cause Kings was two when Finney was born, he called him Buppy. Cause that's really easy. He took like, I don't know, puppy and added a B to it. I don't know how it, but that poor thing is someday also going to be six foot five, I'm sure. And been, he's going to be called Buppy and I'm going to, I'm just going to have to <laughs> apologize to him every day. I'm like, I'm so sorry. That's funny. Yeah. My, uh, uh, my girlfriend, Wendy, her, her, her mother's side of the family is pretty close and her, her brother and then their three cousins who are all related. Um, their youngest one, uh, when he was like a toddler, or maybe a little older, maybe like three, three or four. Um, actually, still a toddler. I'm not sure. But uh, close. They um. So Wendy's brother's name is Albert, and then her two co- other cousins, who was the youngest, um, older sisters, are Kylie and Brianne. But he could not say any of those names, so it was Albert. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Kai and Bran. <laughs> Aww. So sometimes I just change it up. And I'm like, so has Albert talked to you recently? Oh, that's beautiful. My brothers actually almost all still go by their nicknames, which is really funny because I like being like civilized conversation. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, so Tube, Tube said this the other day and people are like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. And like, I don't know, Teeth said he was coming out for Christmas. And like, especially when we were like, like when Adam and I were first dating, like keeping these stupid nicknames of my family in order. Pull out he's the like, family tree every time. Which one's tube? Which one's T? Right. Fur? <laughs> really? And there's J, but he, that's easy. It's just Jason. But then my little sister's cat. And then, yeah, it was, ugh. But then if, if I was in the room, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast. <gasps> my brothers call me Smecca. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the worst because it's it's smack Becca and they've been calling me it since I was like two. It's the fucking worst. I'm just like, oh my God. They're like smecka. But then Jason sometimes gets called Josker and I'm like, oh God. Like being in my house at the holidays, like if all of them are around, it's like you just hope like they hope their wives are around because then they keep some civilized order. But God, when they get together, it's just like, you guys are so embarrassing. That's, oh, God, you're so really embarrassing. Good. That's really good. Smecca. It's better than the other one. I I was very tall, very young. I like, I grew eight and a half inches when I was like 11. So by the end of that, I went from like, you know, five feet tall, which is really tall for a 10-year-old, to five foot eight and a half or something at the end of fifth grade. Um, and my brothers decided then that they would call me Amazon, which they thought was an insult. Yeah. But now that I'm a grown up and a nerd, I'm just like, don't call me Amazon because you don't mean anything nice by it. I'm like, but fuck yeah. <laughs> That's really good. I was yeah, smack of the Amazon. I was like, oh God, I hate you all. Uh, Why can't I have an easy name? One that's not nicknameable. 
Right. Yeah. You can't really do much with Dylan. Yeah. You can do Dill. Oh God. No, I had some really a hard one. I had some really bad ones in in uh in high school that I won't repeat here because they're okay. they're pretty bad. Yeah, I was Becca T. I'm still by people who knew me in high school still call me Becca T. Where's the T come from? Thompson. Oh, was that your That's main my maiden name? name okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Becca T. But it started because I played basketball. But it, this doesn't even make any sense. Now that I'm a grown up, I'm like, well, that was really dumb. We should have been like Beck and Becca or something on the basketball court. But one of my good friends was Becky. So they used to yell Becca T and Becky. And we played sort of like center forward together. Right. So it was like, it was always confusing. On a basketball court, when you're yelling, you can't actually hear. You can't discern. If you're Becca T or Becky. Right. So I, they must have called her Beck sometimes. But yeah. When I was a cheerleader, because I was Mormon, they used to, instead of Sandra D and all the Grease songs, it was Becca T. Nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, don't do this to me. Nice. Well, I think this inevitably leads to the question, so why Bex with an X? Oh, that's there's a story behind that. So my sister's name is Catherine. Um, and my best friend when I was 16, um, Kelly, started calling her cat um, just randomly. Um, and she called, started calling me Bex, but B-E-K-S. Okay. Um, and it just sort of stuck. And my, I mean, in my family, like my brothers like joke and call me Smeka, but like I've been called Beck forever because obviously that's just what you're called in a family. It's like nice and short and sweet and you can yell it. Um, but yeah, Kelly started calling my little sister Cat um, when my little sister was 14 and she started calling me Bex. Um, none of us realized that it would have been made, like way smarter with an X. Um, and only Kelly called me that and then in my house. Mm -hmm. um, but then I went off to college and um, a guy named Charlie Crosby actually, um, who was like, sort of, he was at BYU at the same time and part of my ward. And we were sort of like, that was like the guy dorm that we did all the things with. Um, we were like moving in and my little sister called me Bex, like as we were moving me into my dorm and he just happened to be there. And he was like, dude, that's badass!" like with an X. You're like, sure. And I was like, oh, I never thought of that before. But it was just like this weirdo guy like running by my door. But he didn't say badass because we're Mormon. But he's like, that's awesome. And like typical Mormon fashion, like right. went flying off. And he actually ended up being a really good friend. But it just became Bex. So um, I and for a long time, I was actually like I was B-E-X-X-T. Like that was okay. like my aim stuff before I was married and then, uh, yeah, I got when I got married, I was just like, well, Beck Saltzman, that's a Gmail. It's easy. Um, and then when I joined Twitter, it's just like, well, that's sticks. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, now people actually know me as Bex, which I find really strange because in my brain, like Adam calls me Becca. Right. Like, he rarely ever calls me Bex. But my family does. But with in their brain, they're saying KS. Right. That's what threw me off when I started emailing like Adam. I was like, yeah. So, and I would also love to talk to Bex. And it's and totally fine. And he yeah. said Becca, and I was like, there's yeah. just this, this like... I once, I once asked him about it. I was like, well, he's like, you never, you don't really call me that. He's like, well, I call you Beckers. I'm like, yeah, but that's not really the same. That's so many nicknames. I do. Oh my gosh, I have a <laughs> lot of nicknames. Um, but we, we also call our moms and dad, mommers and dadders. Um, and my little sister, we call her cat, but it's catters. I mean, it's just, this has been like a thing that's been going on for like almost 20 years now. Um, but because of that, Adam's dad, Adam never had a nickname, but Adam's dad calls him Adders now. But uh, yeah. Uh, well, Adam's dad actually calls me Beckazoid too, which I think is very funny. He's the only one allowed to call me that. That's pretty good. Um, 
but uh, yeah, like I was Bexis in Texas for a while. Like I just started playing off the Bex quite a bit. Um, but I didn't actually expect anyone to call me that because I've always just introduced myself as Becca. Um, but I have been called Bex since I was like 15. Um, and now it's just sort of, I'm like, well, that fits weirdly. Like it's an easy way. People never call me Becky, which is great. <laughs> if I tell them somebody my name is Rebecca, they're like, oh, well, what do you actually go by? And like, I happily go by Bex because you can just shout that and I will turn around. Right. Um, but yeah, Adam always calls me Becca, but that's because that's what he met me as. Right. And we were young, like 17 and 16. So it's been a while. Yeah. Like, and, and it's funny because like, you're the only, you're the only the second person I've ever seen spelled Becca that way or Rebecca that Old way. Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other person was someone I rode with, but, oh. <laughs> but like when I first saw that, I was like, I've never seen Rebecca spelled like that, but that is a fascinating way. So like, even in my head, like when I see, when I'm like emailing you, I'm like still thinking of my old teammate because like that was the first time I ever met anyone with mm-hmm. like that, that name. You'd be surprised at how many people ask me how it's pronounced. Like they don't, they see an odd spelling and they assume that it's a foreign name. Like I've been, even when I had B-E-K-A-H on like a name tag when I worked at the Olive Garden, I used to have at least uh, twice a week. Oh, that's an interesting name. Where are you from? And I'm like, my name's Rebecca and I'm from Michigan. This just says Becca. Right. It's just spelled with a K-A-H. They're like, oh, well, your, your parents had an interesting spelling. I'm like, it's old. It's real old. Right. Like, it's really old. I mean, with my spelling of Dylan, it's like I've gotten Delon. Oh, gosh. Dylon. They don't know the accent. Five greatest rappers, whatever. But like, yeah, it's, I'm just kind of like. That's surprising because that's like the only, like, what's the other way to spell Dylan? D-I-L-L-O-N. Oh, I've never met anyone with that spelling. Which is the Irish spelling and mine's the Welsh spelling. Oh, I've Um, only ever met with the Y. Yeah. So so I was like, really? People mess that up? I've known one or two. Well, so if you want to get like super Gaelic, you can throw in two Ys in there. You throw in two A's in there. I've seen it with the double A before. Yeah, you can get crazy with it. (laughs) Oh, nicknames. They're fun. But yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about. <laughs> we're, we're here talking about video games. We're, just, we're here. We're just shooting the shit. It's real fine. in depth in video games. <laughs> just everything. And what do you want to know about them? Like, I mean, I'm involved in tons of them. So like. Right. Um. Well, I'm kind of. So this is my first PAX South. This is my first non-PAX East. And I'm kind of excited because I feel like it's a more laid back PAX. It is. Like it's, a, I walked in there Super and it was like busy. Yeah. But like it doesn't it's not as loud um cuz it doesn't have any of the AAA booths. Right. Um doesn't which I still in- find really surprising. It's a great show and a great crowd and yeah. the AAA's are still not coming out for it. That's interesting. Um I think it's just cuz it's young and it needs to like prove itself or something and then get on the marketing budgets. I don't know. But yeah, no, Pack South is really cool. This is my third maybe. Yeah, there's been four. Okay. I think and that's what I was gonna ask is how many. Yeah, how long there's is been there's been three or four. My first one, yeah, sixteen. Two thousand sixteen was my first one. Then seventeen and eighteen. Um, so yeah, it's it's just it's chill. Um, everyone's really nice. Like that's always been a thing. Like super polite. Um, which isn't necessarily like a Texas thing, but talking to strangers is a Texas thing. So I think people are just like a lot more comfortable. Like, hey, how y'all doing? 
what you got over here? Like, cause you're like, when you walk around in Texas, like when you go for hikes and stuff, people will just be like, howdy, how you doing? Hello. Like when you walk around in Michigan, you like stare at the ground <laughs> and same thing with like East coast. So, yeah. um, yeah, the city's just really friendly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love San Antonio. This is only my second time being in San Antonio, but I really like the city. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they pick San Antonio and not Austin. I think there are obvious I'm reasons. I'm not surprised. I think there are obvious reasons mm-hmm. why they didn't pick Austin, like because of the cost and and, uh, and the well, crowdedness and everything. Yeah, they don't really have a good convention center up in Austin that could actually handle this. Like the Austin Convention Center, they would have to be split up on multiple floors. But isn't that how it's done in West, PAX West? Like, yeah, isn't it like scattered West, in West's Seattle? West's main floor is enormous. Okay. Austin's main floor is not big at all. Or they'd have to put it in the Palmer Event Center, and that's also super, super small. You, you couldn't even fit that in the Palmer Event Center. Or they'd have to put it out at that, like, weird, like, barn thing. <laughs> I can't think of what it's called. There's the, That's where the event, the big events happen. Is that where like um, South but, by happens? But it's over like by the roadie, like they'll do rodeo conventions and stuff like not rodeo shows, but like, no, it's just, it's out on, um, it's far, far East Austin. It's the only space that's big enough. They'll do like giant cheerleading competitions over at that or like mm-hmm. the big basketball tournaments. Right. They can't even have those in town because it's, it's just not big enough. Um, but also like they've tried to do a bunch of like really large events in Austin and they always fizzle. Um, and I think, I think partly it's the timing like Austin one has a ton of events. They shut down the roads. Like I swear every three weeks for road races and stuff. (laughs) Right. Um, they have a ton of live music, like venues, live music venues for sure come through there. Um, but like, you know, GDC didn't make it there. Um, RTX is just a small show. Yeah. I've had some friends Um, show at RTX and they're kind of like, it's okay. I've done it once. It was really nice. There's not a lot of stuff to play because it's like, it's more of a fan base show. Yeah. Um, so if you take stuff to play, I mean, that's awesome because you're packed the whole time. Yeah. Um, but in, in South by and South by is just kind of like a weird one and they keep sort of changing the format, but it's during South by. So like who the hell flies to Austin to play games for to South play by games during South by when you can't get a hotel The I mean, we used to, anytime South by used to overlap GDC and I had to make plane tickets. I'm like, Oh my God, it's gonna be like twice as expensive, um, which happened like twice. And we're like, man, it's going to cost me $500 per ticket just to get to San Fran on a nonstop. And usually those tickets were like two eighty. I was like, thanks South by. And it was, that's, that's the reason why. That's stinks. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm surprised they picked San Antonio over someplace like Dallas. Um, to be perfectly honest, because like you can get into Dallas a lot easier. Like if you're flying, flying in, yeah. partly because of South or not Southwest, cause well, you can get into Southwest to Dallas love, but like even American airlines like does like hoppers from all over the state. And if you're flying Southwest, you can hop in from any city for like, you know, 80 bucks or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was, I, that's what surprises me. Um, I think they just want like the Austin traffic to drive down and the Houston traffic to drive over. Right. So it's like less people having to fly in. Yeah. I think, and also the river walks nice. It is. I it love is. the river walk. so many restaurants. There's just, for the Pin Gems panel, one of the things I'm going to recommend is the river walk. It was like a lot of cool stuff on the show floor, but you really need to go yeah. outside for a minute yeah. and just Don't take a walk. Don't go to Whataburger. I mean, yes, Whataburger's great sweet children there's no reason for there to be a line down the block for what a burger at the river walk to happen already um apparently every night there's a line down the block for what a burger and i'm like 
Why? It's, ever, it can't be. I, it's I, quick. It, it, it's not. It's a line down the block. Okay. Well, it would be quick. I mean, unless unless you've had a very enjoyable time at a party and it's 4 a.m. Well, 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Because everything closed up. That's when you go to Whataburger. <laughs> but yeah, so the show should be really interesting. Um, I'll probably have lines. I usually do. And yeah, Night in the Woods is sort of like it's Night in the Woods is at a point where it kind of runs itself. People are like, I've seen this before. And then like, that's a really easy conversation to have. Um, and Tunic, it's like very kind of self-explanatory what Tunic is just by looking at it. You yeah. know, it's an action adventure game. Um, the not even like the harder sell, the more like like have to be a little bit more sticky is when we tell people about Overland because they see turn-based strategy and they think oh this is really not for me mm-hmm. and we're like no 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 no. like this is made by a whole bunch of people who don't play turn-based strategy and we've incorporated like cooperative gameplay like we want you to sit on a couch with your friends and bicker over what you're going to do next um like we want you to like become attached to the little guys on the screen like we want you to um invent these stories around these these trips that you're on um we want you to get sweaty palms and we're not going to put any of the stuff on the screen that usually turns people away from like a strategy game we're not going to put that on the screen to bother you accuracy percentages (laughs) not necessary in overland (laughs) at all um if they were it would have been taken out by now right I, i love the idea of xcom and i just can't play it i bounce so hard i can't i'm on I'm i get in, I'm so in your furious even watching it because i'm like what is all this shit on the screen and in my brain my brain's like this game is really good and then i'm like but i can't play it there's too much crap on the screen like it's so pretty but there's stuff like i don't need to know that have, have you played mario and rabbits i've watched it Adam played it last year. Yeah, I bounced off XCOM. Mario and Rabbids is really good. Nice. Yeah, we have it actually sitting at home. I haven't played much except Night in the Woods this year, to be uh-huh. perfectly honest. I've been joking about like my... <laughs> my top 10, Night in the Woods, no, 10 times okay. over. So I was joking about like, because people ask like, oh, so what do you think is going to win game of the year? Like I was asked that at like the game awards and I was just like, what the fuck is even up for that? Because I was like, oh God, like I've watched Adam play a lot of stuff this year, but I was when everyone was sort of posting like all of their like top 10 game of the year stuff, I was like, I should do like a joke Twitter post on this and put up my top 10 games of 2017. And it would have to be, it would be like one through eight night in the woods because that's almost all I've played this year. Right. Uh, is night in the woods. Um, actually no, we'll do one through seven. And then, uh, number eight will be threes, which came out in like what? 2015. Right. Yeah. <laughs> number nine will be mini Metro. And number 10 will be like the two levels of Mario Kart 8 my kids have let me play. <laughs> Mario Kart 8 is fantastic. I just started playing Mini Metro this year. Oh uh, my God, it's my so friend. good. It's really good. Well, I owned it on Steam because you inevitably own everything on Steam mm-hmm. because of some hum- Humble Bundle. And so much better on... It, like, I mean, it's it really not, is. It's not that the game is even different. Right. But like I can play it on my phone. Like the there's enough real estate on that phone to play that game and I don't know how. Right. Because yeah, there's so much going on. I do hate though. I don't know. Do you have a do, do you have an iPhone? I do. Yeah. Like when I when I tap on a node that's really tied towards the top, I inevitably pull down the notification yes. screen, and I hate it. But like that's my only gripe with that game. Mm-hmm. Um. But no, it's funny that you bring up like, oh, I played threes, but that game came out a couple of years ago. We we do a game of the year thing. 
but I make it like one of my big points is that we're considering any game that you played this year. <laughs> I don't care about release dates because I mean, like, look, some of them are sticky. Well, some of them are sticky, but and also like every other like, OK, we're not you know, we're not a commercial out. We're not like we're not real games journalists. Like, you know, I I want to do this because like I like discussing games of the year and I like doing the podcast and stuff. And, that, and that's one of my big cornerstones is doing the game of the year thing. But it's like I want to talk about games the way people talk about games like the press has their way of talking about games there's like yeah. we're going to talk about the games that of this year but mm-hmm. like but what about the ones that people are still playing right like you know people people are still playing overwatch yeah or, and uh, loving it so like yeah a huge thing that's consuming people's lives um i mean same thing like the like i mean splatoon 2 did come out last year didn't it yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes. So I mean, technically, it was last year, but like people are still really engaging in that like world space in yeah. a really fascinating way. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of like what the hell Zookeeper. Adam's been playing Zookeeper. I think that came out on iOS in 2010 or something. He just discovered there was an ending. There's an ending to Zookeeper. It's like with like screenshots and that's interesting. Of, like a story of what Zookeeper was actually about. Um, but like. Why, why was he playing it? And uh-huh. It's like I don't know. I just rabbit hold on it. I just I figured out how the mechanics work, and it just like stuck. And then he beat it, and I was like, okay, well that game. I mean, that game's older than our kid. <laughs> like on a phone, I can't believe it still runs on our phones. To be perfectly honest, they, like somebody's they had updated to have it. Updated it for sixty four bit because well, that was if a big it's still working exactly. Yeah. And I remember seeing Rami's whole thing when he was trying to update ridiculous fix fishing for. 64 bit i was like man this seems like a bad time oh god anytime we anytime we download xcode adam just swears in the studio for like days because like you only you only download it because we don't do active ios dev anymore right so like we know we it's it's not ever up to date we like open it up and need to use it like once every year 18 months or something and then it's just like three days of just like shit why won't this download why does this not work why is everything broken that's funny because we were talking i was talking to frank decola who's he's working on where shall slumber which is a a, a, a mobile uh, puzzle game Mm -hmm. um and they were demoing at pax east last year but i was talking to him about that and we just had the same thing about xcode it's like okay hit the export button on unity (laughs) and build out to 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 ios and then like it pulls up xcode by itself and then like some shit runs and then it closes it and then it pushes a build out into your phone. Like what is happening? There's black magic here or something. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The, the maintenance on legacy stuff, that's been the most, that's been the most tremendously annoying thing that pops up all the time. Especially cause, uh, you know, unity won't stop updating their goddamn engine. If they just won't stop. Don't get me started. Um, and I have like, I have like, like, PTSD from a time where I updated a project and this is a big jump. It was like 4.5 to like 5.0 or something, right? And they like redid a bunch of like their syntax and their code base. So just everything was broken. Broke? Yep. Everything was broken. Like, oh, that broke my shaders. Right. How does like it do it, that? Why why did it touch why, the GLSL code? Why do I have to redo my shaders? Like Adam that actually just happened. Adam had um so, have you played Overland? I can't remember. I have not. 
Oh, okay. I've 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 watched then gameplay give, of it. I'll give a slight I'll give a slightly more of a description then. So like on Overland, there's like you know our nine by nine grid that sort of floats into the screen, and then when you select characters, it will like highlight them, and it shows yeah. you like a, a like zoomed a in yeah, yeah zoomed in version, so you like know like what's going on. And one of the last times, and I think this was like a Unity thing. This was like three or four weeks ago. Adam's like getting everything updated and set up on like the new Hackintosh, which is also a very funny Twitter thread of him building that thing over like a week and a half. Um, but like all of the shaders and stuff that and um, code that made those characters just stopped working entirely. And I was like, I don't fucking know what it did. He's like, they just don't appear anymore. He's like, I'm reading the code. They should just appear because they, it is like the way it like cut them out. So like it showed them, but like in silhouette, but it wasn't putting the art on it right, properly. Right. Cause like, it's just this like weird cutout zoomed in version. Yeah. He's like this. I, I just don't know. And That's he like stared at it. It was like right before Christmas. He was really mad about it. It's like, I have to fix this. This is like in the build that like needs to go out with like, you know, our new um, UI buttons and stuff. And this damn thing broke. It's like, I have to figure it. I hate, I hate when that happens. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to, yeah. We updated to a new Unity. <laughs> when, when you're finishing up a project, sometimes you make bad decisions. Like, less than a month before launching a game and you update to a new unity yeah it's a very unfortunate decision and it it costs like a day and a half or something because like when you're just autopiloting you just a new unity came out so you just update and you just fix whatever's broken right but if you're you know four and a half weeks from launch i suggest i highly suggest you don't update shit that was a hard lesson and cost us like two days of dev yeah like I don't know, like a month ago, I updated to 2017.3, and then they're like, dude, 2018.1's coming out. I'm like, why? No. Why? I mean, I get it. You, we, I get it because we have a new build of Overland every like 32 seconds. Right. But it is rough. Like, uh, you spend a lot of time fixing things that shouldn't have been broken, or maybe they should have been broken. They should have worked in the first place, but. Yeah, that is definitely one of the more frustrating things about development. And I don't even have to deal with it. I, you just I, witness it. I witness it. I hear the curse words and like the frustration coming out of the studio. Yeah. And then also if you're like on a distributed team, like like nobody else do this. I'm rolling back now. I'm rolling it back. Nobody else update. Holy cow, just don't do it. Because like if, if everyone updates and we have to roll back everybody, it means that we have to get like, you know, Jocelyn and Heather who aren't programmers to like you gotta get walk back. Through that, yeah, yeah, like how do we get back and make sure none of your stuff's broken as well? Because that is not good I mean, if we rolling, break theirs. Rolling back Unity would only be the real challenge there, right? Because as long as you mm-hmm. have a repository, you can... Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We've totally broken those before. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, th- I, I don't I, think we've broken those on Overland, but we absolutely have broken them on night in the woods a good uh, well scott that i was gonna bring scott that up talks about it all the scott, time yeah i was just like man i feel like you know i have a cs degree and even i'm like you know i didn't start using repositories like get like a good <laughs> six months after i graduated or so and then even then i was just doing basic like commit commit yep. commit. not gonna fuck with any of this other stuff and then like no like, that that like month before release was absolutely a night in the woods thing and it was a mess mm-hmm. like it took 
Adam and Alec like all day to undo two days, two and a half days or something to undo. And it was like very touch and go like, Oh God, what, what have we done? What have we done? And then our porting studio <laughs> and Sony, they heard what we did and they're like, why would you do that? Like that would, they couldn't even be like, I'm so <laughs> sorry. That really sucks. It was like, are you guys idiots? And we're like, yes, <laughs> maybe we don't know. We need to fix it. It was like this dumb automatic thing. Like we just hit. Yes. I mean, it was, it was really, really like, well, this is what we do. And it, there was no thought beyond that. Right. So, yeah. Even experienced devs make really tremendously dumb and very funny afterwards mistakes. We fixed it. It was fine. And the it game was, came out great. It did. It did. It Got all these game of the year lists. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So we're going to have Overland. I love it because that's the one that like I work on the most. Right. So yeah, I love sitting people down and badgering them to make them play it at the show floor. So I'm excited to try it out. It's a good one. It's so good. So good. Every time I sit down and play it, because it changes a bunch between like my playthroughs um, and Adam's changed the UI like, I don't know, 7,000 times in the last four years. But so every time I sit down and play it like or I see a screenshot of it I'm like when did that go in when is that like look at that beautiful game over screen when did that show up it doesn't just say like game over <laughs> it's just and, an like, aerial poop um, black like black screen with white text I was like yeah. yeah that's real classy and now it actually has like information about the people that like went on the journey with you and stuff uh -huh. um, which just sort of ties into like we want people to tell their own stories and like have a lot of fun like being on an adventure with like these random humans as you go across post-apocalyptic america so yeah i don't know it's gonna be cool i like taking it to new people all the time so how many people do you have at your booth helping out i'm at four i was gonna have three and felix kramer found me one more person um but yeah it's not very many for how big our space is but we'll make it work the nice thing is like we don't have a ton of like like floor like have to leave the booth floor media Right. Like off like usually at PAX South I have like a bunch of streams that we have to go and like show the game and do demos and stuff. And I can't play and talk. I can do that with Night in the Woods, I can play and talk, but I can't play and talk like Overland or whatever. Like I get way too nervous because I die a lot. Mm -hmm. Um but none of those are actually happening this year because like the main two stages that do that, like Twitch and XSplit for some reason didn't come, and I'm guessing it's because it's January tenth. Um, so when's it pack south normally? At the end of the month. It's usually like the 28th oh, through the 30th. Okay. So there's like this break. Got it. And that, like I keep thinking like, why would a AAA company not attend this show? And I'm like, well, because the last two weeks before a show, you have to work. I'm like, are they going to make these people work over Christmas? Like right. the timing for the show this year is, I mean, I was, I had to work on this show like all through break. Mm -hmm. um, like sending out press emails and all sorts of stuff. I'm like, that was lame. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's kind of out of Penny Arcade's hands, though. Yeah, it's just whenever they can get scheduling. Yeah. To, so, but yeah, rough, rough year uh, or rough, rough timing. Um, so I'm curious if like the mainstream shows didn't come because it, they would have had to work all through when they're usually shut down for right. like multiple weeks. Yeah. Um, but I, it means I don't have to like run away from my booth. I have a bunch of media at my booth, mm -hmm. but I don't have to actually leave um, with multiple people. So it shouldn't be that bad. That's cool. Yeah. Exciting. It is. It is. I really, I mean, I love Pack South, like just in general, like compared to East and West. Um, even, I, I actually really love PSX as well, but um, 
East is super loud and you're in Boston marooned on a peninsula with no food. Oh my food. God. What? Jesus Christ. There's nothing out there. No, no. You have to get like a mile and a half cab to like get food. And then you get a nor'easter and you freeze to death and it's during flu season. So like not, I mean, actually this is during flu season. Please don't let me get the flu. Um, like knock on all the wood in this Airbnb. Um, <laughs> this is a very nicely furnished Airbnb. Yeah. In West, I love being in Seattle, but I can't stand the multiple floors at West. I can't stand that building. And I don't know why. It's just like everything about it makes me uncomfortable. And I think it's like, if there's an emergency, we're going to die on the sixth floor. <laughs> I can't get out just of this. could be the towering inferno. Just... Well, all the escalators are always broke too. Oh, really? Like... They just stop working and then you're like climbing up this like two story escalator, which like I'm fit and everything, but like I don't want to do that with like stuff. Um it's just a lot of people at West. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna go this year though. Um if the if the panel comes I'll in. be there. <laughs> I'll see you there. I'm always there. I'll see you there. But they're also four days. Oh well, East is gonna be four days this I year. I know. They I think they did that to just personally spite me. Like <laughs> Like this is this is for Becca Saltzman. This is the Becca Saltzman pass. It gets you in all four days. Yeah, yeah. Just because they hate me, I know it. They all hate me. They're gonna make me do this for four days. Partly, like, it's because the second day is the worst. Like three days, like that second day, you're like the last day's tomorrow. It's fine. But if one of the four day shows, that second day lasts an eternity. Yeah. And it's always like Saturday or whatever. It's like oh, it's the busiest day. You know, you still have at least two more days. And like West is over Labor Day weekend. That's the last weekend of summer. Right. Not technically, but it feels like the last weekend of summer. And you're like, I'm supposed to be at the beach with my children. I'm supposed to be eating ice cream and sleeping in and having like a pitcher of sangria on my porch. I'm not supposed to be at a convention center floor eating restaurant food. <laughs> drinking too much eating ten dollar hot dogs yeah i'm not supposed to be in meetings that's actually why i have to go to west right. west is like the halfway point between gdc's it's like right right it's like, like six months later which is a great time to check in with like every console because they're all at west everybody's at west that makes it I mean, it seems that way like you know i i've only gone to east and i'm like yeah i'm in the middle of it and then like i was watching everyone be super happy and excited at West last year. And I was like, oh. Well, West was actually really fun this was, last year. Zoe um, so, so Quinn's there. That would be cool. Everyone's <laughs> having fun. Yeah. They, well, everyone's in town and like half the people live there anyways. Right. Or on the um, West Coast. Yeah, so exactly. It's so it's an easy one to get to. But yeah, I I love the people of Boston. Like so many people are like, they're like abrasive East Coasters. I'm like, I think that's beautiful. I love the people in Boston. Horrible drivers. Oh my God. And the roads there suck. Like I, it didn't matter what time we left our hotel, which was four and a half miles away from the convention center. I was late for the show every day. You know how mad enforcers get when you're late for a show? Mm -hmm. I'm like texting. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I'm in a parking lot. I don't, I have to get onto this peninsula. Like the first day I actually got out and ran with my computers because I'm like, I could get there faster. Um, the security to get into East is also terrible. They like take everything out of your bag to oh, get in. Oh, that's explicit for East? I well, thought that was like a patch thing. Because of the Boston bombing and right, stuff. Right, that, that makes now, sense. Yeah. No, because there's like virtually no... Did I even go through security to go through West? Yeah, maybe, barely. And they there's decent security here because it's an open carry state. 
Um, yeah. So they just, yeah. But no, East is crazy. Like they unpacked, I had like four bags with groceries and stuff. They unpacked all of them to even go in. I was like, I am really late right now. Do you really not like, look like I'm carrying anything? <laughs> <laughs> so one thing traffic last year, I was in a lift and I got in a car accident. <gasps> and this was the day of my panel. So me and my other and my friends, the other panelists that are in a car with me, we're all just like, sorry, we're leaving. Like, Yeah, peace, dude. Your bye. car. I'm um, out. And then the year before that, Mason, my co-founder, <laughs> he left his knife and his backpack and we went through security. And the security guard just slowly draws the knife out of the bag and she's just like, uh, and then she goes to like, stow, like she's going to take it. Yeah. And she's like, that's a $120 knife. Like, I'll oh, go put that in the man. car. Like, let me just not have that. But everyone just like freeze framed like, huh, what? Like, why do you have a weapon, dude? In your bag. Although I, I used to carry a pocket knife in like on me at all times right. when I was a kid. Well, he's a rowing, rowing coach. A, so he always has like, exactly, oh, I got, I got a wrench or it. I got a knife. Exactly. Well, like I had... It was a, a way bigger than I probably should have had, but I had it in my backpack all the time when I was a kid. Like in a, in, in high school, I totally couldn't have been expelled, like because I had this like four inch blade in my backpack. Right. But I just had it. Like you never. I lived out in the country. You never knew when you were gonna get stuck someplace and you are gonna need a knife need for a something. I don't even know what it could possibly have been used for. Right. But I always had a knife on me. It was just like one of those things. I probably should have just left it in my car, but I always had it in my backpack. I don't even know why. A whittle. Could you imagine? <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry. Was I've that, gone, was that being just too like, stereotypical? I'm like imagining like I, I, I have whittled because I went to summer camps. Like, I don't know why they would have us do that. Like, <laughs> just take bark off a stick. We weren't actually whittling. We were just like. Just shaving. shaving yeah i was like carroting a stick <laughs> that's funny <laughs> well on on that i think it's a good place to wrap it yeah, up carroting a stick you're welcome everybody <laughs> we learned so much <laughs> about that becca the most random podcast i've done i'm so sorry i, I love it no this is great <laughs> i love it um Thank you again for coming on. Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely want to talk to you again. And also Adam and also Jocelyn, because it sounds super interesting talking to oh, Jocelyn about. Jocelyn, so interesting. Oh, yeah, and I didn't even tell you about Train Jam and mentorship. We were going to talk about that. That's fine. We'll do that a different time. Oh, or we can do it after the show. It doesn't have to be on a recording. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm going to check out Overland and Tunic tomorrow. Yay. I'm super looking forward They're to so it. so good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the next episode should be our panel, our Pack South Hidden Gems panel. Um, then after that, we might have some more recordings for over this weekend, but Becca, thank you again. Oh yeah, of course. I'm so sorry. I was late. No, it's no worries. <laughs> um, so, so glad to talk to you. Thank you.